take off again tonight. Been talking about the fruit of the Spirit. That's found in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Now, when you begin to study it, different scriptures uh, say different things as far as fruit. Matthew 12 says, you'll be known by your fruit. It doesn't say you'll be known by your gifts, your talents, your monies, or your success. That's how the world will know you. But in the kingdom of God, he says, you're going to be known by the fruit. And so it's very important that we allow the fruit of the Spirit to, to, to manifest, to grow and develop within each one of us. And so we need the, the Holy Spirit to help us, to grow us up where we, we live kingdom life. Now, this doesn't happen overnight, guys. This is definitely a process, and it's not about my circumstances. Did you know God is more interested in changing you than changing your circumstances? He knows if I can just change them on the inside. Now, you know what you're going to get to practice the fruit of the Spirit on? Your circumstances. That's what you get to practice them on, okay? And when you start saying, Lord, help me to walk in love, guess what? You're going to get the opportunity to practice that. And when you say, Lord, help me develop patience, you're going to get the opportunity to start developing patience. But that's a good thing. It's only going to help you in the long run. And so... This is, this is another area that we just got to sharpen up. Now, go with me to the book of John, chapter 14. John, chapter 14. Now, the first two weeks, guys, we studied the, the, the fruit of the Spirit called love. Love is the cornerstone. Love is the basis. It's what we got to have within each one of us. And so think about this just for a minute but with love as you're going to John 14. It's very important that every one of us understand this. God loves me. God loves me. And it's very important that you get into your, your Bible. You, you even begin to look at yourself in the mirror and say, God loves me. And the second thing is, is this, that God said that we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. Now, if you don't love yourself, guys, you can't love other people. Why? I can't give away what I don't have. And so there's a time in your, You may even have to look in the mirror by faith and say, I sure do love me. I love me. Now, I, I said this last week. That's not arrogant or haughty or better than thou. That is saying to Father God, I love, my, I love me, Father God, because you created me. You wonderfully and fearfully created me. So when I begin to understand that, guys, I can not only love God back, but I can love other people. Now, this week we're going to talk about peace. That's the second one. Well, it's in there. Maybe not the second one, the third one. But peace. The fruit of peace. And the older I get, guys, the more I cherish is I love peace. I just love the peace of God. Now, let's see what we can learn here tonight about this. This, I believe, is really going to help you tonight. John 14, verse 27. If you'll notice in the Bible, it's red letter. This is Jesus speaking, and he said, Peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. Now, Jesus, he, he declares right there that he gave you peace. And he, he says here, my peace I give you. And look how he defines his peace. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Now, think about the things of the world. The things of the world many times are, you know, if you're good to me, I'll be good to you. And if you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. But that's not how Jesus operates. Jesus does things unconditionally. And when he talks about wanting to give us peace, guys, that's unconditional. He just wants to bless you with peace in every area of our life. And so peace comes from Jesus. 
And the Holy Spirit will begin to develop that in us. Peace was Jesus' part. You want to see what your part is? Keep reading with me. Let not your heart be troubled, and neither let it be afraid. So when he talks about this, my part is to appropriate the peace. How do, do I do that, guys? I can't let trouble or fear begin to dominate me. How do I let fear and trouble dominate me? I begin to respond to things that aren't good in my life. I begin to, to respond to unpleasant things in my life. What do you mean? Well, the devil will do anything he can to set every one of us up. And some of the ways he'll try to trouble you and get you to be afraid is he'll cause you to get upset about the littlest thing in the world. You can get upset about burning your toast. You can get upset about traffic. But also, guys, he will try to get you to hurry up where you're just running through life. Now, if, if you get that way, man, the littlest thing when you're in a hurry will knock you out. Now, I believe all these things that the devil tries to do to set us up are designed to steal your peace. And so right here, I've got to begin to, to guard my heart in this area and begin to say, you know what? When things in life try to start coming against me, you're not going to steal my peace. And there's times I'll say that exact thing to the devil. You're not going to steal my peace. It's not going to happen. I value peace too much. And let's go a little bit farther tonight. Go to the book of 1 Peter, way back there in the back. Hebrews and then James, and then you'll come to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 3. And as you're turning there, many times in our life, even with the area of peace, when you become ag agitated or anxiety or troubled, you can sense your peace live, leaving you. I can sense at times peace. I can feel my... my uh, Heartbeat go up, and I just I, I sense I start getting tense. I sense my peace going. One of the keys to not losing my peace is don't allow the things that are trying to steal your peace from you get into your mouth. It becomes very, very apparent, guys. When we allow things to come out of our mouth, we have endorsed it. We have given signature to it. First Peter. Chapter number 3, verse 8. Finally, all of you, every one of us, be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers, be tenderhearted, and be courteous. Now, if you'll notice in that verse right there, there's three times he uses the word be. Be. He doesn't say just talk about it. Don't just think about it. He said be it. Do it. Be this right here. Verse 9, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, which means insult for insult. But on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. Why where were we called to, guys? We're called to be a blessing in life. We're called to model these things that he tells us. Verse number 10, for he who would love life and see good days. Let me ask you something. How many of you want to love life and see good days? Man, I want to love life. I want to see good every day of my life. Now he's fixing to tell us how. Let him 
refrain his tongue from evil and let and his lips from speaking deceit. So one of the things he's telling us here, in order to enjoy life and see good days, you're going to have to learn to zip your lip. And many times, guys, we like to talk and talk, and we like to control others. But there is not one of the fruit of the Spirit that says for us to control others. That is not in there at all. And so he gives us a little tidbit, a little nugget, on the very next thing he says. Let him turn away and shun from evil and do good. Look at the last part of verse 11. Let him seek peace. Seek peace. Instead of, uh, of seeking fear. Instead of seeking things that, that agitate us and disturb us. He tells me right here, i got to learn to seek peace because if I don't, my peace is going to be stole from me. And so he says, first of all, let him seek peace and pursue it. Now, you know what that tells me with those words? Peace isn't just going to happen. To seek it and to pursue it, you're going to have to go after it. You're going to have to go after it every day of your life where it starts becoming priority. A deliberate choice is what I believe he's done. And so in order to change your life and to change my life and to see good days and to love life, i got to pursue peace. i got to go at it. This is something every one of us need to understand. There will always be a devil that will try to steal your peace every day. And there always are going to be people in your life. And there's always going to be circumstances in your life. And every one of these are designed to steal your peace. Now, I can respond to them, but I don't have to. I can choose and say, you know what, Lord? I'm going to live by peace. I'm not going to let the devil steal my peace. And I'm not going to let people steal my peace. And I'm not going to let circumstances steal my peace. How do circumstances uh, steal our peace? How many of you have ever gotten in bed and you went to bed at 10 o'clock and you rolled over at 11 and you rolled over at 12 and you rolled over at 12? What happened? Those circumstances begin to steal your peace. I don't have to have that. I can, but I don't have to live that way. Now let's look at another one. Go with me to Colossians chapter 3. Back to your left, Colossians chapter 3. As you're turning there, guys, peace is, is not a result of success. Peace isn't a result of money. Peace isn't a result of being popular. Peace isn't an, uh, uh, a result of, of feeling good about myself. Peace comes from, from the kingdom of God. Romans 4, uh, 14, 17 says it's righteousness, peace, and joy all in the Holy Spirit. And so i got to understand this. If peace is going to come, i got to allow the Holy Spirit to start developing this in me. Now, this verse right here is a good one to mark in your Bible. This is a good one to reference in everyday life. Colossians 3, verse, 15, or verse 14. But above all things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. The Amplified says it this way. Let the peace of God act as an umpire in your heart continually. And so what he's telling me right here, I must learn to let the peace of God uh, control my thoughts, to control my, my emotions. 
And any time in life, guys, if, if I don't sense peace in any area, guys, about something I'm fixing to do, don't do it. Don't do it. If I begin to train myself to say, I'm not going to move in any area of my life unless I sense peace, all this is doing is doing Colossians 3.15, where I begin to inquire of Father God and say, listen, Lord, I need to know what I need to do here. And if I get peace, I move forward. It's kind of like red light, green light. When you get peace in your heart, it'll be like a green light. You know what Father God's saying? Proceed, go. But if any area of my life that I don't have peace in my heart, if there's a turmoil, if there's a yuck, stop, listen. Because if you run a red light in the natural, it's going to cost you some money. If you run a red light in the spirit realm, it's going to cost you a lot more too. What am I talking about? I tell you guys, I don't care if you're fixing to buy a car. Ask God. Pray about it. And God will put a piece there. And if it's there, he's saying, go ahead and buy it. If it's not, don't. And guys, I've done it in both ways. I've sit there and I've looked at car salesmen and said, give me a few minutes here. i got to go pray. I'd get around God, man. If I'd get a piece, I'd go for it. The same in buying a house. But I want that house. Don't violate peace. God will lead you by peace in your heart. Anytime you're trying to make a, a, a purchase on something, I don't care what it is. Begin to say, let there be peace. Woo, I got to follow peace. And then when it comes, guys, obey it. Even in the areas of marriage. Can I give you a little tidbit on that? I've had people that said to me once they got married, I knew I shouldn't marry him or her. It, it didn't feel right to start with. And I thought, well, why did you marry him? Because they ran a red light. Just follow peace in that area. In every area. Just give me peace, Father God. You know, when I was at Bible school years ago, there was a, a, a pastor in that area. And... Every Sunday after he spoke in his church, he would go home and then he had an airplane and he would fly to other cities to speak on Sunday evenings. Well, one Sunday morning he got to church and one of his board members came up to him and, and they knew he was going to leave that day. And he said, Pastor, he said, I don't know what it is, but I just don't get peace. I don't get a good feeling about you going to die. And the pastor was like, yeah, 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 yeah. After the service, another one of his board members tells him the same thing. He kind of blows it off too. He goes home and he eats lunch and his wife looks at him and says, Honey, I do not have a good feeling about you going. And he said this, he said, I really don't have a good feeling about going either, but he said, I feel obligated, so I'm going to go. So he gets on his plane. And that's the last they ever saw of him. He crashed and killed him. And so what happened right there, guys? He knew in his heart. He said out of his own mouth, I didn't feel good about that. A lot of times, this is exactly what God wants to do in every one of us, in even the little things of your life. See, many times when there's little things, we don't inquire God. We think it's no big deal. As Song of Solomon 2, 4 says, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's those little things. Even there. And so guess what? In any area of your life, when you will begin to inquire of Father God and say, Lord, I want your peace to rule my heart. This is how we begin to develop. And so I encourage you, begin to ask God. The next time you ladies are out getting ready to buy a purse, just say, Father God, I want to know, is there peace? 
And, and don't be influenced by your husband. And next time you husbands are out getting ready, or you men are getting ready to buy you some, just ask Father God. You're saying, you're, you're, you're serious? I'm serious, guys. There's times I've done that in different areas of my life, and you know what? The Lord would, would almost check me. It's like, even over a pair of shoes, yuck, don't do it. And then a couple days later, guess what would happen? I'd find the same pair of shoes for $30 left. And I'd think, only the Lord knew that. Only the Lord. That's why, guys. And so just follow peace in this area. Now, to help us out a little bit more here, guys, I can't do something if I don't have peace. But listen, many times what ends up happening, I do something when there's not peace, but after I've done it, I've expected peace. It's not going to happen that way, guys. God's not going to change that. And so be addicted to peace. And guess what that means? You and God are going to have to go in the same direction. God's not the God of tug of war. He's trying to pull you over here and you, you pulling him over here. God wants the best for your life, but God will not force you. And God will not make you, okay? And so he'll give you because we're free will beings. We have a choice in everything we do. And so if you keep tugging and say, no, I'm going to do it, get ready. Get ready. There's going to be some consequences with it for every one of us, okay? Let's go to another one. Look at Philippians chapter 4. So what do I do? Back to your left. Just one more book. Philippians chapter 4. Verse 6. Listen to this. Ah, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious. Be anxious about nothing. Now, would he have wrote this if this wasn't a possibility? I don't believe so. I believe he's, I don't have to be anxious. How many of you are anxious right now? Probably a lot of us. Let me tell you, this 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 will help you right here. To under, I don't have to live anxious and in anxiety is what it's talking about. Be anxious for nothing, but in what? Everything. Everything I do by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So when you sense anxiety, go in there and begin to pray. Begin to talk to God and just say, Father God, this is what's going on in my life. And if you'll notice, he said, not only do we pray, but we pray with thanksgiving. What's the thanksgiving part? And I can just come in here and be very grateful. And I said, thank you, Father God, you're hearing me. I thank you, Lord, when I pray, you hear my prayers and you're going to answer. Now look what happens in the very next verse. And the peace of God, which surpasses my understanding. And the peace of God, which surpasses my understanding, it goes far beyond my thoughts. Now, anytime this happens, the devil usually bombards us with the what ifs. What if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't happen? What if it isn't on my timetable? And so what he gets us to do, even in this area, is to begin to get you to doubt and to question God. And the what ifs, guys, are designed to steal your peace. So he says here, But the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, what will it do? It will guard my heart and my mind through Christ Jesus. What will? Peace. The peace of God. So once again, if I'll allow him to be the umpire of my life, there'll be a peace. There'll even be a, a thing, a, a rest upon my mind. Even though I may not understand everything, I do know this guy's going to take care of me. God's going to help me. I'm going to give you a couple illustrations in my own life 
two of them. And some of you may have been here and you may have heard these stories, but they're good. You don't have to hear them again. One of them is how I ran a spiritual red light. The other one is how I uh, went through a, a spiritual green light. And I was blessed. I mean blessed big time. The first one is the green light. Years ago, my wife wanted to buy a home. We had the money to buy a home. We began to look and, man, we, we found a couple houses. One of them she really liked and we went to it. Numerous times. I don't know how many. Did we go around and look? And then we'd come back to this one. We'd go through. But listen. Every time I started going back in there. I'd get a yuck. This was a brand new house. And the realtor at that time was a, a lady in our church. And her and my wife would go through. And they were already putting pictures on the wall in their minds. They were setting the house up. And I'm telling you. I would, I would literally break out in almost a sweat. And I could sense the Lord saying, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. So we keep going back and forth. And so we're going over there one day. And, and Shelly and this lady named Verdell said, Ooh, we're going to sign a contract today. We're going to make an offer on this thing. So I walk in the back room. And I'm back there looking at things. I'm telling you, the Lord is dealing with my heart. I've asked him to help me. I've prayed, Lord, help me. Help me here. I sense it again, guys. Big time. So I walked out and, and I said, you know, I, I hate to be the party crasher, guys. The bearer of bad news. But I said, listen, I'm not signing no papers. I'm not buying this house. Well, you know, that went over really big. And so I had to clarify myself. And I said, listen, guys, I'm not against buying her house. And I said, I want to buy you a home. The thing is, I'm not buying this one. And I said, I don't know why, guys, but I don't get a peace in my heart. Every time we come here, I get yuck. Almost this time to the point of throwing up like, huh, the Lord was really having to yank on me. Listen, boy, listen. And you know what he would allow me to do? He would allow me to buy that house. Go ahead. If you want to be stupid, go ahead. Thank God I followed that. Because within I don't know how many months, that home, there were about four or five of them. They were built in a flood zone, and so they had raised them up. Really, I really lifted the lots up. Those homes began to settle. And within the house we looked, this is the, there began to be cracks in the foundation, three, four, five, six inches that were going all across there. And it became a royal mess. And you know what this old boy did? He laughed. He's like, yes, yes, I'm so smart through the Holy Spirit. I was so happy, not for the people who bought them. I want to say, suckers, no, but I didn't. I said, thank God for the Holy Spirit. Did you buy your house? Yes, I did. And I got a better house than that one, and even cheaper. Thank the Lord. Now, that was the good one. Now, here's the bad one. My, my wife had a sister that lived up in the mountains in New Mexico, and we went up to see him one weekend. And I remember this clearly. It was 1994 in February. It was Super Bowl Sunday. We got up that morning, and I'd said to Shelly, I said, we really need to go back to Clovis. Well, I knew why she thought I was saying that. She thought, that rat, he just wants to leave so he can get home to watch the Super Bowl. Partly true, but not all the way. So the morning goes on, and it begins to snow. And each hour, the snow's getting harder and harder and harder. Well... They started talking about this area where you could rent these inner tubes and go tubing. And so everybody, let's go tubing for a couple hours. Well, I start sensing the Lord right then saying, I mean, he was very clear. That, that 
Yuck. Don't do it. Don't do it. Get out of here. I could tell. And so I said to Shelly, I said, we really need to get out of here. And she said, let's just go tubing for a couple hours. It'll be okay. All right, let's do it. So we go up to rent these tubes, and we're standing in the line. And it was like my shirt was moving. Man, my heart was beating. I could tell the Lord was dealing with me. Don't do it. Don't do it. And so once again, you know what I did? I overrode that. And I said, eh, let's go ahead and do it. The snow gets heavier, and the snow gets heavier, and the snow gets heavier. And by the time we finish, it is real heavy. And I'm saying, we've got to get out of here. So we get ready and we leave. I don't get an, a half a mile out of that town and our car starts sliding and it was one of the most helpless places I've ever been in my life. I, I couldn't turn it. I mean, it wouldn't do anything. Just kept moving and I'm now in the other lane and man, I'm fighting. I begin to speak in the name of Jesus help and all of a sudden around the corner this car's coming at me and it's getting closer I'm hitting the, I'm doing everything I know to do and nothing's happening. And this car's coming at me so fast that I can see this lady's eyes. I can, I mean, I'm looking head to head windshield and she's looking at me like, get over stupid. And I tried everything and finally I yelled up my kids and my wife, get down, get down. Boom. You're talking about a head on. I mean, glass went everywhere and it was a mess and. Of course, we, we finally come to a stop, and my kids are okay. I broke Shelly's arm. Man, I had blood everywhere on me. And when I saw everybody in my car was okay, my biggest fear was, Father God, I pray I don't kill someone. I mean, I ran up there, and the lady got out of her car, and she had another, and they were okay. But when they see me with all this blood on me, they're screaming, ah! They thought I was about to die. And I'll never forget. I knew in my heart I'd ran a red light. I knew it. And I said, Father God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that you, you tried to lead me by peace. You tried to let the peace of God be the umpire in my life. And so I'm telling you real, real life things in my own life. God will lead you by peace. And anytime you blow it and you override, just repent. And say, Father God, I'm sorry for my humanity that I didn't listen. I said this to my wife. I said, I'm going to tell you right now. If that ever happens again in my life, I don't care whose feelings I hurt. I don't care if the rest of you are mad at me for the rest of the year. I'm going to obey God. We're going to obey God. Is that clear? And she was like, yeah. And so once again, guys, I believe this is how God wants to lead us. Just with peace. But you got to get in there and do the word. He said, pray. With thanksgiving and going there and say, okay, Father God, I'm asking you to help me. What do I do here? I've done it numerous times. God's on buying a home. I said, Lord, do we buy this one? Do we? And man, I'd get that peace and I'd obey it. And God would bless me. Stand up with me. This is how the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you. And if some of you are in a dilemma right now, maybe a job, do I take the Just begin to ask him. Say, Father God, give me peace. And then begin to just be real quiet at times. And, and I'm telling you, that will rise up, that peace, or you'll sense a yuck. And this is what the Bible says. Let the peace of God rule in your heart as an umpire. And so many...